This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Strop welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, December 25th, a very happy holiday edition of the show to all of you out there listening. At this moment, early in the day on Friday, we've seen exactly one game from 28 of the 30 NBA teams. And today on the show, we've got some very early fantasy takeaways from the action so far. We'll talk about some impressive early performances, some disappointing starts, some players to consider off of waivers, and possibly some that you should already drop. That and much more is coming up on the show. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Right now, we welcome in my co-host, Steve Alexander. Steve, what's going on? Matt, I'm, I'm a, little, a little groggy today. As we record this, wrote a, wrote a daily dose after that 26 team. Actually, it turned out to be a 24 team. Bonanza. 24 Bonanza on Wednesday night. So my head's spinning a little bit there, but I'm also still rocking my new Trey Young jersey. And I may never take it off uh, after what he did on Wednesday night. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to get to we're gonna get to the uh, Atlanta Hawks performance on this episode very soon. Yeah, so we're recording this on Thursday, an off day across the NBA. What you referenced there, of course, Steve, was the Thunder Rockets game getting postponed due to the COVID issues on the Rockets. And a quick update along those lines with James Harden. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted on. Thursday, that Harden will be forced to self-isolate until Friday. He'll have to continue to test negative for COVID-19 if he is to play on Saturday against the Blazers. That's, again, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. So basically, if he self-isolates and continues to test negative, he would be available for Saturday, Steve. What's your overall, I mean, obviously an alarming start for those who drafted Harden in fantasy. What's your 
concern level, I guess I'd say, about Harden when it comes to having him on a fantasy roster right now on a scale of 1 to 10? Right now, it's a 10. You're a 10? Um, I'm at a 10. Wow. Yeah, I think I feel like that video that surfaced of him being out and and in whatever club that was and and just the, the whole way this thing has gone with the Rockets. I mean, it has been a circus in Houston and you have to wonder if they're not just done with him and like, okay, let's just get him out of here. Let's trade him, do whatever you have to do. And it it almost feels like that's what Harden is doing mm-hmm. and pushing mm-hmm. for. You know, I, I tried to get my 13-year-old son to empty the dishwasher uh, last night, and he it took him 17 minutes to put away two plates. And finally, I just shoved them out of the way and emptied it myself. I mean, that that's sort of what I feel like is happening here. And I would not be surprised if we do not see Harden in a Rockets uniform again. Now, that's just me talking. I have no idea if that's going to happen or not. But it wouldn't shock me if we don't see him play until they actually trade him. All right, so let's say here's a hypothetical scenario, right? Jason Tatum went ninth or 10th in a lot of fantasy drafts, I think, right in that range, right? Let's say you have Tatum. You wanted Harden before the season. You just throw a Tatum for Harden offer at someone. Should people be doing something like that? Is that too risky in your mind? Would you? Because, I mean, if he gets traded, if if it is a situation where he's trying to force, and we're speculating, basically, but... If he's trying to force his way out of Houston, he's presumably going to be happy somewhere else. And, you know, if him and the Rockets, if they just reconcile and he plays through it for now, he's going to put up James Harden numbers. So I'm not quite with you on the concern level. I think I'm much lower on the concern scale, I guess, is the long-winded thing I'm trying to say. Well, long-term, I'm probably at more like a four or a five. Right. But you said, what is your concern right now? Uh, right. And, like, for okay. the, for, and we don't know. We don't know if Harden's going to get traded. We don't know when Harden's going to get traded. We don't know where this situation could go. And we, when Harden plays, he's almost twice as good as the next best fantasy player. But we, there's too much uncertainty f- here for me. And that's why I didn't draft him anywhere. And that's why people that did are, are kind of freaking out right now. And like you suggested, you can make some low ball offers for James Harden right now and maybe come out with an incredible player for a low price. I mean, if there was ever a buy low moment on Harden, it's right now. And I mean, I think I would, if I had Harden, I would just try not to operate from a place of panic and don't freak out and trade him for you know something unreasonable. If I'm trading him, it's got to be for someone who went in the first round, you know, don't go beyond that. Right. Anything beyond that. I think you're overly panicking. I think. All right, Steve, let's move on to some early fantasy takeaways. We're going to try to focus Steve on things that actually might lead to some action in a fantasy league, or maybe start to confirm a trend or starts to become the cause for concern. So we're not going to be talking about every single performance. We're not going to be talking about the fact that Giannis and Tedekumpo went for 35 and 13. That doesn't make the cut here. But, Steve, I want to rewind quickly first to Tuesday when we had two games on the schedule. And I want to quickly talk about just a couple things that stood out in the Nets-Warriors game. On the Nets side, obviously, they blew out the Warriors. But I think the big thing that stood out to me was if you drafted Kevin Durant early in a fantasy draft, you have to feel pretty good. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, 1-3 in just 24 minutes. That looked like 
maybe not vintage Kevin Durant because he is in his 30s, but something close to it. I felt like it was vintage Kevin Durant. The, the Nets looked amazing. Kyrie Irving looked good. Kevin Durant looked incredible, I thought. I I was pretty psyched that in our uh, two-man draft, you passed up on Kevin Durant, and, and I got him in it. Just... I know the people are curious. I, I think I'm already ahead of you by like a thousand points or something in the uh, two man draft. But are you really? <laughs> I had it. Well, Harden Harden didn't play for me. I had a early uh, night one lineup snafu. Well, um, it's so. early, and we have both got like sixty players in our lineup. So who who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, Katie looked awesome, and um, Karis Levert played well off the bench, and the Nets look. The Nets look like they could roll the East, but it's early. It's very early. But, uh, yeah, on the other side of things, while the Warriors were getting blown out, rookie center James Wiseman looked pretty impressive. And I won't say it was a flawless performance from my eye. It looked like he was out of position about 35 different times on defense. But, I mean, overall, what you saw from him was impressive. 19 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. He hit a 3-pointer. He hit a couple other long jump shots. He went four for eight from the free throw line, so that was annoying. But Wiseman showed a lot. He put it on the floor one time and drove past a defender. Overall, just for a guy that some of us maybe thought was going to be more of a threat just catching lobs and putbacks and things like that, he showed a much more well-rounded offensive game than I think some people expected. And suddenly, there's a lot of fantasy intrigue here. This guy's going to shoot threes, and he attempted more than one in that game. Uh, Wiseman could be pretty fun to have on fantasy rosters. Yeah, he actually attempted one three-pointer in that game. Is that right? How many times yep, did he step one. on the line then? And oh, you're right. It. He was one for one. He pulled a, a bunch of other long jumpers, though. So it was not like a fluke heave or something like that. I mean, no, it was correct. A, it was a rhythm jump shot, and he just splashed it. And, I mean, this is the kid that played, what, three games at Memphis? Three games at Memphis. Total. Yep. And is coming in raw, and I didn't really know what to expect, but I watched a lot of that game, and he did not look like a kid who had never played NBA basketball before. I mean, he looked like he belonged. He looked like he was confident. Uh, The shooting was good, except for, like you said, the free throws. He only committed one turnover, and he had zero blocks, and he played... 24 minutes we know the blocks are coming like that was a fluke and the fact he really didn't turn it over was encouraging well yeah and the other thing that was encouraging before we move on from this is that he did as i said he looked a little kind of lost at times you know where he was supposed to be etc but he didn't get pulled out of the game for that steve kerr had positive things to say about his debut so it looks like the warriors are ready to just let this kid play through mistakes this year which is absolutely huge if you have him in fantasy. And, I mean, the competition is, you know, Marquise Chris and Kevon Looney, so it makes sense. Yeah, and while we're on the Warriors, just real quick, if you drafted Kelly Oubre because I gushed about him all preseason, he shot 3 of 14, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. One of those three makes was a ferocious left-handed tip dunk that if you haven't seen it, go back and look. That was ridiculous. It was the, the play of Tuesday night. So that takes us to Wednesday, Steve, and we have to start with the team that you've already mentioned, the Atlanta Hawks, 83 points in the first half, a franchise record, I believe. Correct. I think I heard on the Hawks radio broadcast while I was briefly in my car at halftime that that was the second most first half points by a team on opening night in NBA history. Is that a random enough stat for you? 
I, I heard that as well. I did not put that one in, in the Daily Dose, but I, I also saw that as well. Yeah, so anyways, the Hawks only scored 124, but they had 83 at halftime. Trey Young had 37 points on 12 field goal attempts, which is ridiculous. John Collins, Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich all scored between 11 and 15 points. This game was not real close, so I don't think we read too much into the stat lines on the Atlanta side of things, Steve. Matt, the uh, 37 points on 12 shots was an NBA record. Yeah, the first player to do that, right? To, yeah, I think the the previous was record was thirty six points on twelve shots. Ridiculous. He yeah, looked Trey ridiculous. was nuts. I, I'll tell you what. I don't know. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this game. But I, as impressed as I was with Trey, and as, as impressed as I was with the Hawks in real life, because I mean that team doesn't even have Clint Capella and Rajon Rondo, and they're already super deep. They're already a team that can go outside and everybody can hit threes. Seven different guys hit threes last night. They can go inside the Collins and DeAndre Hunter and Danilo Gallinari. Like, they look so good. But they look so good, in fact, that I'm scared to death for everyone not named Trey Young from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, you know, I just, I know what you're saying, but I don't think things are going to be this easy for the Hawks most nights. The Bulls were not playing any defense. As good as the Hawks looked offensively, the Hawks were getting whatever they wanted. I think part of that is because of the Bulls being out of sorts. And I just think these things even out. I mean, you could say this, not to put the Hawks on par with the Nets, but you could say the same thing about the Nets where, oh no, these guys are never going to get their stats because they're all going to be blowouts. It just doesn't work that way. These things always even out. <laughs> I also think another big takeaway for me is Cam Reddish, who I drafted in every single league, only played, I think, 23 minutes, but had 15 points, six boards, two steals. He looks fantastic. Our guy, Bob Rathman, said something about Reddish last night to the tune of, this kid looks like he's going to be a superstar. Uh, so that was nice to hear. But, you know, seven Hawks scored in double figures. One of them was Trey. And then the other ones, they all had between 11 and 15 points. And, and I know it's early, and I know these things run in cycles Things in fantasy sports tend to be cyclical, but this box score to me looks like something we could see night in and night out with four guys scoring between 12 and 18 points, Trey going nuts. Also, Reddish started last night, but I don't think he is normally going to start. I think they held Bogdanovich back because Rondo wasn't there to run backup point guard. The starting lineup is fluid right now, but Reddish, Reddish looked awesome. Reddish is going to get his minutes. John Collins only played 18 minutes and had 14 points. A little bit of foul trouble for Collins when he was playing center, but better days ahead for him. On the Chicago side of things, Steve, you know, they got crushed. Lowry Markin and Zach Levine both topped 20. Patrick Williams, the rookie, though, is, is who I want, would like to talk about just for a second here. 16 points, four rebounds, one steal, one block, one three-pointer. He looked really impressive shooting the ball. Just overall, a guy we talked about in the preseason. This is a super encouraging debut. It is, and we talked, we've talked. we talked about it. He looks like an NBA player right now. He's got an NBA body. He started over Otto Porter Jr. Williams looks awesome, and uh, 33 minutes, 16 points. If he somehow wasn't taken in your draft, you should go get him right now and ask questions later. 18% rostered for Patrick Williams in Yahoo League, so there's a very good chance he wasn't taken in your draft. Finishing up the Bulls, yeah, Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr., both had ugly nights, but... Again, first night of the season, no cause for panic there. I do want to mention Kobe White, though, because I was I was really high on him. I watched him 
the entire game last night. One thing he needs to stop doing is playing with his ponytail every time he does something wrong because he played with his ponytail a lot. Uh, he hit two of 11 shots and had three turnovers. I think all three turnovers had to come in the first half because they, they happened relatively close to each other, and they were all terrible. And the, uh, the shooting was bad. He looked hesitant, reluctant, not confident. And I did not like what I saw last night. I'm hoping it was opening night jitters and all that. I'm not, I'm not going to totally panic on White, but I certainly don't feel as good about him as I did 24 hours ago. No, he looked horrible, but, I mean, he had a good preseason. He had that great run down the stretch last year. I'm, I am not worried even remotely about Kobe White. And if I even hesitate to say this because it's only been one game, but if you can find someone who's worried, I mean, people will make trade offers. I've already gotten at least one semi-panicked trade offer in one of my leagues not involving Kobe White, but the point is people will panic early. So it's never too early, I guess, to consider floating trade offers out there because I've, I have full confidence that Kobe White's going to be fine. Let's look, Steve, to the city of Charlotte now. I want to quickly talk about the backcourt. Terry Rozier was a guy who I won't say got totally overlooked in fantasy leagues, but I was finding him on the board, you know, around pick 100. You know, LaMelo Ball came in, obviously, and I think people were worried that Rozier would eventually lose ground to ball well that did not happen opening <laughs> night 42 <laughs> points 10 three-pointers for Rogier. Lamella ball went scoreless in 15 minutes on 0 for 5 shooting there was one sequence i saw posted on twitter where he turned it over got it back and literally turned it over two seconds later so a brutal start for ball Rogier looked phenomenal you know Rogier was like a top 80 guy in nine category leagues last year i think he got written off way too early he gets no respect, and we have this, I'll call it, this cute little friends and family league at Roto World where it's its like some of the riders and our wives and our kids are all in there, and there's there's only nine people in that league. But I was able to pick uh, Terry Rougier up off the waiver wire last night, which uh, was pretty, pretty fun. Also... I feel bad. I disrespected him. I didn't. I didn't put him in the opening of of the daily dose or the, the little preview. I mentioned guys who went off, but I didn't mention him. And he he had as good of a game as anybody in the NBA last night, pretty much. Well, it's okay. I mean, I forgive you. I don't know if he's going to. Are we going to talk about any more Hornets? I was just going to say you don't want to overreact. Overreact is a recurring theme here. But would you drop Lamelo Ball for a free agent anywhere? You know what? I went in last night. Fully intending to drop Lamelo Ball, but then I was like, eh, "Let's give him, let's give him a, a few games." Um, yeah. But if you cut, if someone wanted to cut Lamelo Ball, I'd have no issues with it. I just kind of want him on my team because I like to watch him play, and that would sure. make me watch him play a little more. But one more of these duds, and and I might be moving on. I just think. The red flags already existed before the season. We knew he, we were concerned he was going to be a liability in field goal percentage and turnovers, possibly in free throw percentage. I wouldn't pick him up. I don't think if he got dropped in any of my leagues. I can also understand what you're saying though about waiting, you know, five games or something like that to see well, what happens. I think I've only got him in one one league, maybe two, and, and it's they're deep, and I I don't need to play him. He's just going to sit on yeah. my bench for a yeah. minute. But uh, also in that game, Cody Zeller broke his hand. And is probably going to miss some time, which is going to mean Bismack Biombo is going to be your starting center for a minute. He was 5 of 5 with 11 points and 4 boards and a block. And then P.J. Washington, who stunk in the opener, 
uh, didn't do anything. I think he's really going to see a boost from the absence of Cody Zeller. And lastly, Gordon Hayward went off with 28 points and seven assists and four threes. I was psyched to see it because I got auto-drafted Gordon Hayward in my last draft of the year when I forgot that I had another one starting at 11 p.m. So that worked out. Well done. Next stop, Steve, is Cleveland. And the player that stood out to me on the Cleveland side of things is Darius Garland. He had 22 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Steve, I'm going to ask you, how many games last year do you think Garland had? Of 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say zero is correct. And I and it, I don't say this to say that Garland has definitely figured it out, but that caught my attention. I mean, he did have good games. It's not like he had no good games last year. He had stretches where he'd play well, then he was inconsistent. But, but anytime you see a player who was drafted this early, who has this kind of talent, go off like this on opening night, I think you have to take notice. Yeah, and he's he was available in some some leagues coming into the season. So if he's somehow sitting out there, I think for sure go grab him. Colin Sexton played very well. That's an interesting young backcourt with some pre-existing issues, but it looks like they might be working their way through that. Also, a Cleveland note, Larry Nance Jr., who it seems like we get hyped about seven years in a row, it seems like. He showed up last night, 13 points, 13 boards, 8 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, and a 3. He's got the potential to do that every night. I don't think he's going to, but it's nice to see Larry Nance finally living up to the hype instead of kind of coming out with a dud. Yeah, and Kevin Love was sidelined with, I believe, a calf injury, right, in that one? Yeah, that helped. Steve, for the Knicks, Alec Burks went off. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 three-pointer. He's rostered in all of my leagues, I checked, but he is only rostered in 18% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're playing, I guess, maybe in a shallower league, go check and see if Burks is out there because it looks like he's going to have a big role for the Knicks off the bench or, or maybe in a starting role sometimes as long as he's healthy. Yeah, he looked really good in the preseason. Uh, he came off the bench in the opener, which turned some heads. But, you know, the Roto World blurb before that game said, don't worry about it. He's still going to be he's still going to get his. And he did. He Alec Burks looked very good. And uh, R.J. Barrett looked really good, which was very encouraging to see after some uh, rough patches last year. Yeah, what did Barrett shoot, like 11, for, 11 of 15 or something like that? Yeah, 3 of 3 from downtown, 26, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover. No steals, no blocks, though. I'm still, I still think, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, look, that's a great I was start. Gonna, I was going to brush over that part. <laughs> that's a great start for Barrett. I do worry about his lack of defensive stat. Even if he's going to, it's a great sign to see him fixing the field goal percentage as a starting point. You got to start somewhere. I didn't draft Barrett anywhere. And I still stand by that for now. But that was a great start. What was the text you sent me after the two-man draft regarding uh, Julius Randle? Well, I think what you said during the two-man draft was, are you saying that Julius Randle is not a great get in a two-man draft? <laughs> well, apparently he is because he had 17-9-9 last night. So let's Well, go. N- there was never any question about whether Randle could get points, rebounds, and assists, though, Steve. That's never been my issue with him. The issue is oh, I know. five it's turnovers, steals zero blocks. steals, zero blocks. Yep. Anyways. You're correct. No, Randall's fine. He should be on fantasy rosters. I just think uh, for a guy who probably is going to average close to 20 and 10 again, he should be a better fantasy player. Gotcha. 
Uh, in Washington, Denny Avdia started and played 28 minutes. He hit two three-pointers and he had a steal, but that is the only good news, Steve. He only attempted two shots. Those were both three-pointers. He made both. Seven points, four rebounds for the rookie. I think the bottom line with Avdia is he's a bench stash for now, right? He's not a guy who you should be starting in you know, an average size league. Uh, I would agree with that. I like the minutes. I like the way he looked in the preseason. This is only one game. Russell Westbrook was doing everything, and whatever Westbrook wasn't doing, Bradley Beal was yeah. doing. And really, nobody else on the team did much of anything, including my guy, Troy Brown Jr. and Thomas Bryan. But uh, Denny played a lot of minutes. He played the third highest minutes on the team. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's encouraging. You got to think at some point he's going to start being more aggressive. When he had a his best preseason game, he only shot six times. He went six for six from the field. So we're seeing some crazy efficiency from from the rookie, but he's got to get more opportunity at some point if he's going to be a fantasy factor. Yeah, if you if you've got him, I would keep him stashed around though. I would I he's not a guy that I want to drop after one one performance like this. Agreed. If you find yourself up against the clock to get your waiver claims in, or maybe can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches, save time and make the best decisions with our all-new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you our draft grades for each team, who the best available players are on the wire, who you should start and who you should bench, and much more. Let League Sync do all the work, and you can take all the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro Tier. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use promo code NBAPOD10 for $10 off any annual premium package. I'm going to say that with my 15 fantasy basketball teams all over the place, I'm going to go get that league sync tool and throw my squads in there and see how that goes. Because if you got a bunch of teams, you need a tool like that or your head will be spinning all year. Yeah, and I mean, if you're playing on different platforms, either way, if you're playing on one platform, playing on different platforms, yeah, that can be a great way to keep things organized. Yeah. Steve, it was a encouraging start for the Shake Milton sixth man situation in Philadelphia. He had 19 points, three assists, three steals, two three-pointers in 29 minutes. This is kind of what we were hoping we would see out of Shake Milton and hugely encouraging to see it on night one. Yeah, and on the flip side, Danny Green played 18 minutes, hit one of six shots, and did absolutely nothing. Shake is, he is very intriguing and probably serviceable. (laughs) It's what I'm feeling. I'm looking at the roster (laughs) percentage on Mr. Milton. 26% rostered, so possibly a, a waiver wire pickup. Again, he is not, was not available in any of my leagues, but... Go check and see. If you're playing in a shallower league, there's a chance that Shake could potentially be sitting out there. Milwaukee, Steve, I mentioned Giannis went off. We're not here to talk about that. Drew Holiday also had a really good Bucks debut, 25 points. But I want to focus more on a player who is a little more on the fringe of being a fantasy starter and a really good start for Dante DiVincenzo. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists with 2 steals and 3 three-pointers in 27 minutes as a starter for the Bucks. What's your reaction to that? Well, I, my reaction was, man, I think Straup was right. Because we talked about DiVincenzo probably a month ago, 3 weeks ago on a podcast. And you were like, I'm kind of feeling it. I think he's going to start. I think he's going to put up some numbers. And I was like, eh, 
I can I can take him or leave him. I, I, I really wasn't too excited by the news, but he looked really good uh, in the opener. 15 points, like you said, two steals. Bunch of minutes, and, and uh, I was a little worried about Bryn Forbes coming into Milwaukee and eating some of DiVincenzo's clock, but that really didn't happen, at least in the opener, so... So far, so good. And I don't know. I don't know what his roster percentage is, Matt. But you know, I would guess it. It's not incredibly high, but I, I could be wrong. It's up there, sixty-eight in Yahoo. Believe it or not. And, okay. and along those lines, I was excited about him in a starting role, and then I went out and got him in exactly zero of my leagues. So I'm kind of oh, wow. devastated by this. <laughs> I actually, I think that uh, that draft that I forgot about the other night, I think I also ended up with him along with Gordon Hayward. And then I realized like 20 minutes into the draft that I was supposed to be there. And then I showed up and turned it back into a more of a Steve looking team, but it was, it was a rough start. The Pelican Steve, it's just one game of course for everyone, but Brandon Ingram looked a lot like last year's early round guy, 24 points, nine boards, 11 assists, three steals, a block, three, three pointers. That's the guy that we were, that we saw, you know, before Zion came back, before Ingram lost a little bit of steam. As for Zion, he did have a steal and a block, which I'm always looking for with him. I'm looking to see if he can start to get defensive stats consistently. But he did go just one for four from the line with six turnovers and only got nine shots in the game. What are your feelings on Zion and Ingram if you want to go there after after this first game? Well, Ingram was encouraging because a lot of people were scared that Zion was going to come out like a beast and ruin Brandon Ingram this year. It's nice to see that that didn't happen on night one. Uh, Zion looked okay, played 30 minutes. I'm still not sure why they were playing him like 33 minutes in preseason games, but okay. I feel like the Raptors are a really good defensive team, and I feel like they were keen on Zion and trying not to let him get loose. And I think they bottled him up. From what I saw of the game, they kind of bottled him up. So I'm not concerned about Zion's uh, offense or, or any of that. But like you said, the six turnovers and the, the horrible free throw shooting, he's going to probably be an overrated fantasy player for a long time just because his name is so huge well and didn't attempt a three right and he's going to need a lot of defensive stats i should say to balance out if he's going to be shaky from the free throw line and if he's going to turn it over i'm not i don't think i'm real worried about him being a high turnover guy normally for whatever reason i'm just not that concerned about that i do think though i still very much am questioning whether he's going to be consistent in defensive stats so that's just something i look for every time zion plays Pistons, Steve, the Pistons had an interesting night. The <laughs> the backcourt struggled, Killian Hayes and DeLon Wright. Jeremy Grant struggled in his Pistons debut. Notably for me, and I don't know where you want to go with Detroit, but I'm going to start here. Starting center Mason Plumley went for 14 points, 8 boards, 6 assists in 32 minutes. Rostered in just 22% of Yahoo leagues as we record this, Steve. And I want to just say, the last time he was a full-time starter, this was for Portland four years ago, but Plumley, in that long stretch of, I think, 54 games as a starter for the Blazers, averaged 11.1 points, 8.0 rebounds, 4.0 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.9 blocks. I know he's not a good free throw shooter. He's also not a guy who gets to the free throw line a ton. So to me, Plumley is a guy who really needs to be rostered just about everywhere. What's your reaction to that and any other takeaways from Detroit? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good take. Uh, I kind of ignored Mason Plumley 
preseason. I ignored him on opening night. I forgot to mention him in Daily Dose. But yeah, I mean, 14 points, eight, eight boards, six assists. He's, he's going to get five assists every time he plays. It's just how he's always done it. And uh, Mason Plumlee looked a heck of a lot better than almost every other player that he plays with on that team. So yeah, I'm, if you need a center, Plumlee is a good one to go grab. Well, and you were saying to me offline before we started that Josh Jackson stood out to you as well. He did. He played 29 minutes off the bench, hit 8 of 14 shots with three three-pointers, and 19.6 boards, two assists, and a steal with two turnovers. He played better than, well, he led his team in scoring. We'll start there. He had a good preseason, and this kid was a former top-five pick, kind of fizzled for the Suns, could never really get it going. It's kind of bounced around. Maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he's put it together. I think if you've got a guy, say LaMelo Ball, that you don't want to keep on your team, to me, taking a flyer on Josh Jackson makes a ton of sense. Steve, in Minnesota, Malik Beasley went off for 23 points, four boards, one steal, three three-pointers. Now, according to Shams Trani of The Athletic, Beasley entered a guilty plea for threats of violence from charges in October, and he's reportedly expected to get suspended by the NBA. So... When we're looking at Beasley, you know, and we're talking about having him on fantasy rosters, it's possible, if not likely, that at some point he's going to be off the court for an extended and unknown amount of time. Now, with that said, in 14 games for Minnesota last year, he averaged better than 20 points per game, three and a half three-pointers for the Timberwolves in his extended audition for them last year. This was more of the same. I found that Beasley was widely available at the end of fantasy drafts. I'm thinking that's because the suspension was looming, still is looming. It's a really unusual situation where this guy really is kind of a borderline must-start in fantasy right now, but at some point you're going to lose him. Have you given this one much thought? Do you have money in rosters? Nope. <laughs> no, I don't have any Malik Beasley shares. I thought he looked really good in the opener. Ricky Rubio, on their hand, looked really bad. But Beasley, he played really well. I, I don't know how long his suspension is going to be. No idea. Be. I no just idea. Have, can't get my head around it. But, you know, he's one of those guys you, you ride him as long as you can, and then if you get bad news, you drop him and move on. Yeah, agreed. And Anthony Edwards, I think, had a really encouraging debut. As brutal as LaMelo Balls was, the flip side of that, in a way, is Edwards, who had 15 points, shot 5 of 12 from the field, Four rebounds, four assists, and four for four from the free throw line in his 25 minutes. And, you know, the only reason I didn't try to draft Edwards in every league were concerns about percentages basically destroying your fantasy squad. But really encouraging to see him shooting well from the line, you know, avoiding a horrible shooting line from the field. Not to say that he won't do it next night out, but, you know, one night, an encouraging start. Yeah, he, he also hit a three. And watching him in the preseason, I think he's a better defender than I thought he was. I I don't know that that translates to steals and blocks, but I, I kind of like Edwards. And I uh, don't know that I have him on any of my rosters, but I do like him. Also, uh, D'Angelo Russell coming off the bench is pretty weird that he goes to Minnesota to play with Carl Anthony Towns. And then they end up with Rubio and Russell's relegated to the bench and Rubio looked really Really bad last night. So I'm just glad to see that something's never changed in Minnesota. In a number of my drafts, Steve, 
it got into like the 60s in that weird no man's land of all my draft targets just got taken right before I picked. It happened in so many leagues. And I more than once, I just decided to turn to Rubio and take him. I won't say that I'm panicked yet, but yeah, that was horrible. What do you have? Three points, three assists in like 25 minutes or something like that? Exactly that. Yeah. Uh, did have a couple of steals. I mean... Yeah, that's a horrible start. I can't spin it. I can't spin it any better than that. But I'm certainly not going to do anything rash yet on Rubio. But I'm alarmed. I'm slightly alarmed. Because, yeah, it's just a more crowded situation, you know? But again, this is yep. a guy who averaged, what, like around 13 points nine times last year. I, I'm not going to write him off after one clunker. Well, and he's also historically a second-half player. Like He is. He will stink for like the first month and a half, and then people will drop him everywhere. And then all of a sudden, the light switch gets flipped, and he goes nuts in the second half. So, yeah, sure, it'll happen again this year. I needed that reminder. Steve, we're not going to spend a lot of time in San Antonio because I know you don't like to be there. But Kelton Johnson and Lonnie Walker, I want to say, both scored 16 points. They look like good waiver pickups if available. I think Kelton Johnson do. got drafted a lot of places. Uh, and I would pick him up first before Walker. I think Keldon Johnson was like 20-something percent rostered when I checked on Yahoo. He's 23% rostered. Devin Vassell only got 19 minutes in his debut. On the one hand, that's great that he got 19 minutes in his debut playing for Greg Popovich. On the other hand, he really didn't do enough to necessarily warrant staying on your roster if you drafted him. So I'm fine dropping Vassell if you need to move on to someone else. I'm assuming you don't have anything else to say about the Spurs, Steve. So I am going to say I like this version of the Spurs better than most of the ones we've seen the past few years. DeJounte Murray was awesome and lived up to the hype. And DeMar DeRozan just missed a triple-double. And then Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson both looked pretty good. And both of those guys are kind of hot waiver pickups. So yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I, the Devin Vassell thing was disappointing, but let's see what he does in game two. I'm going to drop him, but I, I still want to see what he does. Yeah, he's not falling off my radar entirely. I do think it's fine to drop him. He did have a three and a block in his 19 minutes, if you're looking for, for positive developments in a deeper league. You took John Morant early in a bunch of leagues, and I was wondering, is 44 points, nine assists, two steals, one block, one three-pointer good enough for you? Yes. <laughs> And I don't even know that I took him that early. I don't know that I was like totally reaching for job, but I somebody somebody yelled at me for taking Trey at five in a league, and then somebody else yelled at me for somebody taking yelled at Ja. You? <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, why are you reach for all these guys? You're just <laughs> what's wrong with you? And wow, that's aggressive. Yeah, and I apparently reached for Ja Morant at twenty in our thirty team league, which I didn't think that was crazy. It's uh, not crazy, but. He was outside of the top 130 in nine-category leagues last year. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so, I mean, my my feeling on Morant coming to the season was I thought he was going to be good. I thought he was going to improve. But I also thought he had to make a big jump to validate the early round thing. And he could do it. I mean, he could do it. You know, Trey Young made a huge jump in fantasy and in real life from year one to year two. John Morant could easily get there to the top 25. I didn't draft him anywhere. I like him. I didn't draft him anywhere. Josh just looks different, man. He looks different than the other guys out on the court. Like, he's so smooth and so, I feel like, in control. And all the good parts of John Morant were on display on Wednesday night. So we will see if he can keep it going. But that 18 for 27 with one turnover, I'm, I'm all about that. 
Can we fast forward to Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern right now for Hawks Grizzlies? Trey versus John Morant. I'm ready for it. Let's go. That's that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I want I, I want to see that, and I want to see Luca and LeBron on Christmas Day. I guess I'll watch that too. Yeah, uh, hey, just a deep league note, Steve. Kyle Anderson had seven points, ten rebounds, and one three pointer in 28 minutes. He looked good in the preseason and is starting for Memphis. If you're playing in a deeper league, I think. Anderson could quickly become a somewhat sneaky fantasy option. Not a guy who's going to get a lot of points, but can do some other stuff. And his three-point shot looks improved. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to oversell it. But if you're looking for for someone to plug into your lineup, he is on my radar. Well, my version of Anderson is Dylan Brooks, who I drafted in many different places. He played 33 minutes, 16 points, four boards, six assists, two steals, and a three. He could do that, put up that exact same line every single night. He's probably – he's not available in most of my leagues probably because I took him, but uh, he might be sitting out there on your wire too. Well, I'll say this about Brooks. If he's going to get better in assists or get better in something, because he was good in points and threes last year but not good in a lot else, and if he's going to improve his stat lines and contribute in other areas, that is highly intriguing. So – Definitely a guy who I'll be watching next time out to see if his stat line kind of has some other stuff in it. Has other stuff in it other than points and threes. Yes, exactly. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Sacramento, Steve. Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and De'Aaron Fox all topped 20 points. Marvin Bagley had 13-9 and nine with a block. That's encouraging. Tyrese Halliburton, a productive debut with 12 points, four dimes, a couple threes, and a block. So pretty nice if you drafted him late. But the big Sacramento headline for me is Hassan Whiteside. He had four points, nine rebounds, and one block in just 17 minutes. And Steve, some of that playing time came in overtime after Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes had fouled out. What happened here? What's going on? They had nine-man rotation in Sacramento, and Whiteside played the fewest minutes out of everybody except Nemanza Bialica, who played 16 minutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, Rashawn Holmes only played 23 minutes, and you're like, oh, well, I guess the Kings went small, but you can't really go small against Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. And 
obviously Jokic made uh, made them pay with the the line of the night and an incredible triple double. That's it's just the Kings being the Kings, man. I Hassan Whiteside's too good to be playing the fewest minutes in your rotation. Like it just doesn't make any sense. You know, we should have stopped to think about it that Luke Walton and Hassan Whiteside is potentially just an explosive combo. <laughs> like <laughs> this thing's going to have to this thing's going to come to a head, right? I mean, Whiteside is not a guy who thinks of himself as someone who's just going to play less than 20 minutes. This could get ugly quickly, right? Whiteside may have lost his mind last night. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I bet you that kid was fuming. I bet you he was livid, and we'll see what happens in game two. Like, you can't drop Whiteside by any means. You just, yeah. there's no way... Well, there is a way. If 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 he plays 18 minutes again in game 2, then we're going to we're going to have some issues. I'm going to bring a real life scenario to the table here, okay? I play in a league with our with our former colleague Mike Gallagher, and I got offered a trade in this league. I have DeAndre Ayton. I got offered for Ayton, Nikola Vucevic and Hassan Whiteside. I got offered that on Wednesday night. It's still sitting in my inbox right now. What are your thoughts on that? Wow. I know. Because I, you're a Vooch guy anyway. I had Vooch really right next to Aiton in my rankings. Wow. What do you think? And So if Whiteside in the opener would have played 26 minutes and had 11 points, 8 boards, and a block, you'd probably be, hitting the, you'd probably be pulling the trigger on that thing. It wouldn't be in my inbox. I, w- right. I wouldn't have gotten the offer. Oh, so this this came after the white side. This meltdown. came during this during white side's stinker. This this popped in my <laughs> inbox. <laughs> oh, that's good. What, that what do you? Good. What do I do? Let's take a minute here. Your reaction makes me uh, think I should take it. Well, I mean, like you said, it's it's basically Vooch for Aiton, and they're just throwing in white side. Throwing in white side, who was a first round fantasy guy last year. Yeah, and probably only right. needs twenty five minutes a game to be a a top twenty five guy. I don't know. I Oof. I probably should do it. I I do have droppable people in this league. It's a deep league. Should I accept it right now? What would you do? Yeah, just do it. Do it on the air, dude. You you know you're. You know, there's no reason for you not to do it unless something happened to Vooch that we don't know about, which it did not. Vooch shot two for eight from the free throw line, which I'm a little bit devastated by, but that's kind of a fluke. But if, if it's a deep league and you you can add two. Potentially really good players for one. I, I think you. I think you do it. Vooch could still be better than Aiton this year. Yep, he was a top twenty guy last year. Yeah, that's what we hope Aiton can do. Vooch is already that. Ah, I hate trading Aiton. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it for the podcast. You can wait till after the podcast. No, I'm doing it now. The people want it now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I got to drop someone, and guess who it is? <laughs> Nemanja Bjelica. Goodbye. Actually, maybe I should drop Vassell <laughs> instead. I got to drop both these guys. <laughs> B elite say you're gone. Trade accepted. Wow, what have I done? Oh boy. Oh jeez. I did it. I wasn't gonna do this. When I went to bed last night I was thinking I wasn't gonna do this, but I left it up just in case and then you talked me into it. Well the it. way you need to look at this is you just traded Namanza Bielitsa for Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> That's a great call. Suddenly I feel great about this. Okay. Steve, let's look at Denver, which you just mentioned. We've asked for this time and again. You know, off-season we were asking for it. We were asking for it during the bubble. Can we just have early season come into the season ready to hoop Nikola Jokic? And guess what? We got it in the opener. You mentioned that huge triple-double. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists. 
three blocks and a three pointer, phenomenal. Are we are we now going to see the full the full Jokic for a full season here? Is that am I well, getting carried away? Do they play the Kings again in Game Two <laughs> <laughs> and Game Three? We just got done talking about the Kings centers being a mess. We didn't really talk about Rashawn Holmes very much, but he didn't play very much either. And Jokic just did what literally did whatever he wanted to do. Like there was no one there to stop him. He fouled Marvin Bagley out. Uh, he destroyed Rashawn. He destroyed anybody who got in his way. So, as you mentioned, we have been begging for midseason Jokic to show up on opening night. It happened. Let's keep it going. He he looked amazing. Steve, I want to quickly congratulate you. I know you were watching that Denver game probably somewhat nervously to see what Michael Porter Jr. did. And boy, did he deliver. 24 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 3 three-pointers. You're just probably taking victory laps around your living room on that one. Uh, I really was not. Uh, I am really excited that he did not let me down like Kobe White did, but you would not believe the utter disappointment I felt when it was announced that that Rockets game was postponed and we weren't going to be able to uh. see Christian Wood on opening night. I know a lot of people were bummed about Harden as well, and of course SGA on the OKC side of things. But please don't leave Darius Baisley out of this conversation. <laughs> the Michael Porter Jr. line uh, lifted my spirits and made me forget about. All my problems for a few minutes. Also, Steve, much more under the radar, Will Barton is back in our lives once again. He had 16 points, four dimes, two steals, one block, one three-pointer. When he's healthy, which has been an issue in recent years, that guy produces. I think Barton, for the 18th consecutive season, was a late-round steal in drafts. We should probably keep our eye on him because he was determined that he was going to start and not come off the bench. So... The fact that MPJ started over him and Barton came off the bench, it'll be interesting to see if that turns into an issue at some point. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, Barton got 33 minutes, so I don't think he's going to argue too much if he's getting that kind of playing time. So, Matt, I think we lost the uh, headline in the middle of all this fantasy stuff. So, Porter goes nuts. Jokic has possibly one of the best lines of his entire career. Hassan Whiteside's invisible. The Kings are the Kings, and they won the game. The Kings won the game and beat the Nuggets and won the game in overtime. Yeah, it's funny. When you're so focused on player performances, sometimes you do forget to notice those things. That's wild. I forgot about that, honestly. It's weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I knew it was an OT, and I I totally forgot that the Kings won. We just sat sat there and bashed these poor guys. We just bashed the Kings for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, hey, they won the game. (laughs) Oh, hey, they beat Weird. one of the best teams in the West. <laughs> the Kings are incredible. See, this is why some people hate fantasy sports. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. They're probably not listening to this if they do. That is that is correct. Uh, in Portland, a brutal, brutal Blazers Oof. debut for Robert Covington. Part of a pretty awful performance all across the board for the Blazers. Covington had one point in 21 minutes. Portland got smoked by 20 against Utah. Weird game. Damian Lillard only had nine points. Again, if someone's panicked for some reason about Covington or Lillard or anything like that, by all means, make offers. I think you just throw this one in the garbage can. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. We're recording these videos, you know, player videos for NBC. And, of course, 
I love Covington. Like, real-life Covington to me is going to really make the Blazers better. Of course, I said that in this video. It talks about what a fantasy study is, and he just went out and did nothing. And then the other guy, Jared, has tried to convince me that DeLon Wright is going to be awesome this year. And I kind of took the bait after getting burned by DeLon Wright last year and did a video about how great DeLon Wright's going to be, and then he, he came out and was terrible in the openers well i'm gonna blame the delon right thing on jared i take full responsibility for covington and kobe white i appreciate your accountability there uh but yeah the, the delon right thing it's upsetting because it, it already feels like is this the second year in a row that this is happening he played 18 minutes like uh it, it was bad and i i don't know how we skipped over that when we talked about the pistons but it, it happened but is delon right a guy that people should be dropping right now, Matt. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, if there's a good player sitting out there on your wire and you want to cut DeLon Wright, I don't I don't necessarily hate it. I'm going to try to hold on. But I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold hold on for one more day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to hold on for a few more days. You know, I was thinking though while we were talking about the Pistons and potentially droppable people, I know people were excited about Killian Hayes apparently. I think I'm was never in on that one, and I think I'm out. I think he shot six for twenty four or something like that in the preseason across multiple games. Was bad in the opener. I don't know. Rookie point guards are scary, generally speaking. And he played twenty one minutes, seven points, four turnovers, three assists. That's the guy. I think I'd probably potentially drop him even before Delon Wright. But again, I mean, I, I think I'd probably. Unless there's someone really good on your waiver wire, I'd just wait another game or two. Yeah, and Derek Jones Jr. was not great either, and I've I've got a few shares of him. Yeah. And then Damian Lillard uh, was terrible. The Blazers just came out flat. I'm inclined to right. wait on Derek Jones Jr. another game or two. Yeah, I am too. Him and Gary Trent. I drafted him in a couple of places, and you know he's starting. He, I think he hit three three-pointers. He didn't have any defensive stats, but he is a guy who should get defensive stats, so... I still kind of like the Derrick Jones Jr. role, and I'm going to wait a minute or two on him as well. Me too. It's tough, though. I, I would get the temptation to drop him if you drafted him. Steve, I intentionally buried this at the very end of the podcast. Luka Doncic went 10 for 12 from the free throw line. I don't think we really need to dwell on that, though. That's probably just a fluke. He was also 0 for 6 from downtown. And uh, Hey, one guy we did not talk about who I have been really hard on the last year is Joe Ingles Jingles came off the bench. I kind of like him in the bench roll. Hit five of ten shots, three three pointers, fourteen points, five boards, seven assists, a steal, and a block with one turnover. I don't fully trust Ingles at this point, but that was a good start to the season, and he might be sitting on your waiver wire. He's a guy that I am not opposed to picking up and hoping that he. Puts it all together this season. Conley, Mike Conley and Joe Ingles had some trouble coexisting, statistically speaking, last year. Conley had 18 in the opener. I noticed the Joe Ingles line as well. I think, what, 14 points, five boards, seven assists, if memory serves correctly. Yep. I wonder, Steve, was any of that a product of this being a, a massively lopsided game from the jump? That's probably my only reason I might just take it with a grain of salt be a little bit skeptical of whether this is like a thing now but agreed it was very notable and i'm glad you brought it up yeah i'm with you on the grain of salt because he he's been i i've not enjoyed 
um, rostering him in the past couple of years that I've done it. But he, he's too good of a player not to get it figured out and bounce back. I think it's coming. All right. Well, that about does it for us. We are going to be back on Tuesday to bring you some waiver wire pickups, talk about what happened over the first big weekend of the NBA season. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.